0: I'm gonna throw a two, one, and I'm gonna go episode eighty. yep the lord is really testing me this week i can tell you that much right now but grab yourself a beverage Oh, and have a drink we got a beautiful show ahead lots of shit to talk about Gloria tells Funky Jam. Okay, the week has been going pretty good. Besides the Lord testing me, like I said, and I got, I had a little scratch on my eye from competition training, and it got infected. Uh, and an infection called impetigo is a common and highly contagious skin infection that causes sores and blisters it's not usually serious and often improves within a week of treatment within a few weeks without treatment fucking right by my eyeball literally right by my eyeball and then I'm like okay well I'll put so a waterproof band-aid over it and then I peeled that waterproof band-aid off and it just tore up my skin um and then I tried to push myself on the treadmill yesterday for a little 30 minute. Uh, minute on minute off for sprints sweating down my face and then it spread so now my cheeks swollen and i'm just an infected mess (laughs) so i apologize my students for missing the last couple nights i fucking hate doing that but thank god we got square boy johnny and jx to help out uh this weekend we were gonna go but we decided not to since we got to leave to montana next week thursday to sunday for three of the soldiers fighting but this weekend we got peter yawn and marab and a lot of people think Murab is going to just smoke Peter Yawn. Murab's on an eight-fight win streak. Peter's on a two-fight losing streak, and Peter asked for Murab. And Murab, Murab is such a strong motherfucker. He comes out there and he's going to grapple, like just explosive energy, and use a lot of energy to grapple. And I think he probably will take Peter down in the first, maybe first round maybe the second round maybe maybe the third round but then there's going to be a fourth round then there's a fifth round and then they're going to start from the feet and I said it on my YouTube video but to push like a full pace grappling sprint the whole fight for five rounds I don't know if it's really humanly possible when you saw in play I mean if you have steroids and you you're improving your cardio in a bunch of different ways yeah you can I think we, we saw Chael Sonnen do it against Anderson Silva almost till he got caught in the triangle but just grappling that hard for that long I it just it's not realistic so I'm gonna pick Peter by decision against Morab hell of a fight there
1: why do people think Peter's gonna lose
0: just because he's on a two-fight losing streak he lost to he lost to Aljamain and Morab is just such a strong grappler and like I said he's on an eight fight winning streak like probably the boring most boring fighter on the roster and someone tweeted me the other day and said they think that Aljo's waiting to see if mirab wins or not to decide if he's going to go up to featherweight after the Henry fight or if he's going to stay down and take the big fights with Suge so like that's, that's not a bad guess that could be true
1: because yeah. he wants to fight Mirab or he doesn't who Aljo
0: Aljo their teammates oh their teammates their buddies so I think Aljo wants Mrab to be the champion and then uh and then he'll go up yeah oh my God from these antibiotics boom okay story of Lee Murray on Wikipedia they're coming out with a new show on Lee Murray if you guys never heard of Lee Murray the, Lee Murray this is this a crazy fucking story he's born in 1977 in English Moroccan he mixed martial arts fighter and criminal in 2005 his MMA career was cut short after he was stabbed multiple times out outside of Mayfair Club he was arrested in Morocco in June 2006 and sentenced to 10 years in prison in June 2010 for masterminding. The armed Securitas depot robbery in Kent, England, where over $92 million of cash banknotes belonging to the Bank of England were stolen by Murray and his associates on 22nd February 2006, it was the largest known cash robbery in the world during peacetime. After a failed attempt to escape prison and a failed appeal, his jail term was extended to 25 years on the 30th of November, 2010. He's currently being held at the prison in Tefet, Morocco, and despite being incarcerated, father fathered a child from prison in 2010. Oh. In 2018, Murray, Marie Marie, in an interview, stated he was trained to fight in prison and still planned a UFC comeback with the hope securing a pardon from the King Mohammed, Morocco. Holy fuck. What a crazy story that is.
1: So he organized that whole heist from jail?
0: yeah that's what it sounds like and then he he fucked a woman in jail and got her pregnant
1: that's insane
0: yeah and and showtime's coming out with a documentary um i'm excited to watch it he fought in the ufc too lightning lee murray
1: is that how you knew about him
0: yeah from the ufc
1: when did he fight in the ufc
0: i mean years ago years ago it had to been in the like seen 90 or something
1: oh wow, he was pretty good
0: I think he was pretty athletic let me look at his uh let me look at his mixed martial arts career
1: but why did he go to jail just
0: uh why did he because wasn't it from the stabbing didn't you say but I thought he, was that he got stabbed his M.R.A. Cruz cut short after he was stabbed multiple times he was arrested in Morocco and sentenced to 10 years in prison for masterminding this armed security oh because from from the robber
1: oh he wasn't in jail when that happened
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: that'll be a crazy documentary or show
0: that'll be good uh biohacking people ask about that I've been into that for how long now I've been into like you can call it biohacking you call it whatever you want but I've been I learned about Ben Greenfield what six years ago maybe
1: probably yeah
0: six years ago and started to learn from him he's probably one of the biggest biohackers out there he, he was on the Timbo sugar show way back when we used to do it in the extra bedroom but he's like this uh he's a fucking huge nerd about it but he's very smart he has a bunch of stuff on YouTube about his morning routine and his biohacking and I've gotten a lot of stuff from him including the red light therapy um the the PEMF just the water in the morning just a bunch of good stuff from him uh the cold plunge the chili pad a lot a lot of that stuff so if you guys are interested in just improving and see how healthy you can be uh check out some biohacking tips the same thing with that i mean with anything though it's like you're not going to do any of these things you're not going to do red light once and be like wow i feel a fucking difference even even with pmf or cold or meditation or any of that stuff you're not going to just feel a difference after you do it twice it's like anything you got to be consistent to feel the benefits
1: i think kind of like you might not even notice the difference unless you do it consistently and then maybe you're out of town for a week or something and you stop doing it and you're like oh that was helping this like mm-hmm. that might be when you see more of what's yeah. going
0: on what out, out of our house that we have what is your favorite thing about it like
1: oh gosh that's hard the red light i love the red light
0: the red and that pmf
1: like does make you feel super good i've been really liking that
0: mm-hmm. and that's then uh, dr pollock is his name p-a-w-l-u-k his website he's like an expert on it we am gonna have him on the pod soon he's a super smart like doctor guy um So we'll have to work that out.
1: Yeah, I love that you're into it because you just upgrade everything and you're always thinking about it and just make our house literally like a spa, like we don't want to leave because it's so comfortable and we have everything there. And then with Sean getting us the hot tub, like we didn't really know what we were missing there, just doing the cold plunge and taking a hot shower. But going from a cold to the hot is so nice at night. I feel like I've been sleeping so good.
0: Yeah, it really does fucking zonk you out and maybe you're not in the position yet to where you can afford that kind of stuff but maybe slowly you can start collecting it my uh, inversion table wasn't that expensive i know there's red light therapy out there that's not that expensive you can buy separate light bulbs just on amazon that are like quality red lights that aren't too expensive so you slowly can start learning about it and add it but once you start doing it you just feel so fucking superb
1: yeah and i think like there's some discount codes out there and like Black Friday sales so you can kind of save up and you don't need any of it like I think the best thing is good water and being out in the sun and you can take a cold shower so you don't need any of the biohacking stuff you can still feel really good just with free things
0: yeah I liked he was talking about last night each bite of food you take I guess depending on what it is but you should chew it at least 20 times and I was trying to count last night when I was eating my food. And I was I chewed about 10 times and I just fucking swallowed down in chunks.
1: Yeah, because we were watching that while we were eating. He said 25 to 40 times per bite. And as soon as he said that, we both started counting how much we were chewing and definitely not enough. Yeah. Because then he said it's going to be easier on your digestive system and it's not going to like spike your glucose so much, your mm-hmm. blood glucose, because it's easier to digest.
0: Yes, yes and all those little hacks on about how to keep your blood pressure or your blood sugar blood sugar steady instead of spiking and going up and down and talking about how much genes has the effect on that some people like Mariah's dad can eat the most fucking shitty trash ever and just be fine if I eat that my tits sag about two inches and I go and lay down for a nap
1: (laughs) well they're talking then I've heard this before like you kind of go back on your ancestors or like your genes like where you're from and you wanna kind of eat how they did because your body is genetically made to process that food better. And that's why everybody, like one diet isn't gonna work for everybody.
0: Yeah, and, and he, he talked about um, a book and I ordered it. It's called Dirty Genes. So you can kind of find out about your genes and then you can take a genetic analysis to kind of break down and see really where you came from and what is good for you or, or not. So that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, and I've heard that before and like you'll see like some people like certain foods they can eat and that sits really well with them. And some people can eat the same thing and it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it just like messes up your gut or you feel like bloated. Like you just pay attention to those little things.
0: Uh, tech billionaire Elon Musk has presented the latest prototype of a humanoid robot being developed by his Tesla electric car company. Optimus appeared on stage at Silicon Valley event where it waved the audience and raised its knees the CEO said the robot was work in progress but could be on sale to public in a few years time Tesla's mass market robots will be tested by working jobs in the car factories company engineer says 100. oh wait Mr. must said the robots would would be produced in mass at a cost lower than 20k and would be available in the next three to five years but I think they said there would be it would be a hundred and twenty thousand for us to buy it our little Tesla slave
1: it's going to be like iRobot. Yeah.
0: That's if you can so do all your weird. household chores. Imagine if you can p- pick up all your horse poop.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice.
0: Every day. You don't have to pick up the horse poop anymore and you just say.
1: And clean the whole house.
0: Mm-hmm. Frederick, go clean or you're going to get your fucking ass beat. <laughs> so That'll be interesting. I don't know if I'll buy one or not.
1: It'd be weird though. Like having that thing just moving around your house. Mm-hmm. It'd be super weird.
0: Another I mean, interesting thing I heard um, on the Huberman Rick Rubin podcast uh I think it was Rick Rubin who was asked but he said what percentage of medical school literature is outdated today and they said 50 percent of that literature is outdated and things have changed and they've done more studies where it's changed and do they change the literature maybe they do maybe they don't but if you go to a college and you're you're learning about a certain subject I think you should look other way, other places too, and really try to find out what's true. Compare articles on the internet, different articles, different very smart people. Because you learn from the fucking college; it's outdated shit. It could be fifty percent,
1: and like the doctor or nurse programs, like crazy. Because then when they go into like residency, like they have to work like twelve hour shifts, and they're not getting any sleep, and they're expected to like be learning, and like they are running on nothing, and like Adderall. Yeah, probably. It's crazy. And then they're going to be like surgeons or whatever, like take care of people.
0: Yeah, it's fucked.
1: Or like, because um, like you have to go to school to be able to get your degree to be a doctor. Mm. So what do you do? Just do research outside of that too?
0: I mean, you maybe most doctors hopefully most doctors places or they try to stay ahead of it maybe a nicer college but if you go to some fucking hick town in montana they're probably going to teach you teach you some hick town stuff
1: but the same like programs probably being teach like taught something similar to be a doctor and then you have to go to residency
0: yeah but maybe not because each bicep surgery they did on me they did one in montana and they did it a super old school way that's true and then they did it down here in Phoenix and the recovery was way better and it was it was way
1: and that one doesn't bug you no like the other one
0: okay the PEMF though stuff it's a is a powerful healing tool for muscle recovery resetting the central nervous system strengthening the immune system and improving cellular health there are so many benefits to PEMF therapy session it's out of this world literally astronauts use PEMF to recover from a debilitating space mission what is the pmf therapy it stands for pulse electromagnetic field this type of therapy sends out bursts of low-level magnetic frequencies directly into the body many people like pmf therapy as a non-invasive way to treat injuries chronic pain and even long-term issues like depression and diabetes the goal is to expedite recovery from the inside out um yeah eight eight benefits of it is better circulation pain reduction improved muscle and performance decreased inflammation and swelling improved oxygenation in tissue enhanced cellular repair and recovery improved immune immune system and better sleep so i'm 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 talking to this guy right now from dr pollock he's his business partner and they're coming out with their own machine it's going to be a pretty good price and it's going to be a durable good machine and i'm going to be testing it out and i'll let you guys know if it's if it's worth it
1: I'm liking it so far. Like I've done it on my horses for years and I've seen benefits from doing it on them, but I've never used it on myself and I'm really liking it.
0: Yes. Uh, JX tweeted me, Tony Ferguson versus Nick Diaz at 170 would be a good fight to make at this stage of their careers. I agree. That would be a fucking perfect fight for both those guys. But I wonder if Nick would take it. Nick would be like, no, I want to fight Paul or I want to fight fucking Perjera or someone just being like, God damn it it's a beautiful fight Nick versus Tony okay porn addiction can destroy your sex life here's why in six easy ways to break a porn addiction porn is like any other vice some people can control it and it won't screw their life up but other people can't control it and it destroys their future when a man comes to me with problems in the bedroom the first thing I tell him is to stop watching porn If you're bored too it's just like you always want to beat the meat when you're bored and you're just sitting around you got two three hours to kill and you got that phone and you got that reddit ready to rumble whenever you need porn triggers a massive dope dopamine release in your brain over time your brain becomes desensitized to dopamine which destroys your motivation your sexual performance and appreciation of real women here are six ways to quickly break a porn habit replace the habit breaking the habit cold turkey doesn't always work think of something replace the habit instead try replacing it with a reading or taking a walk calling a friend going to the gym do those anytime you feel the urge to watch it practice self-care No, that, that not that kind of self-care fellas I mean things like lifting weights eating healthy diet sleeping seven, seven to eight hours these will make you more confident less likely to give into your urges feel better mentally and physically delete everything. This is the easiest thing to do. Delete all your bookmarks, videos, and images. You'll feel mental resistance because of all the time you spent building your collection. (laughs) But what's more important to you, that or your future? Choose wisely. Get accountability. You can hold yourself accountable by tracking your habit, but if he does, if this doesn't work for you, reach out to someone for, to hold you accountable. Reach out to your buddy and say, hey, I'm not going to beat off anymore. I don't know who you're supposed to reach out to better to ask for help and improve than it than to keep it to yourself and remain where you are identify triggers and plan for them porn is often used while you're sad lonely frustrated intoxicated avoiding work think about the times you use porn most so I think that can help a lot of young bucks out there because I can't imagine having this phone when I was in high school if I had this phone when I was in high school I would be beating it everywhere every 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 hour
1: have you felt like you've had an addiction before?
0: Um when I first found out about Reddit, probably a little bit. But
1: <laughs> that was recently. <laughs> yes it was. <laughs> what about uh, you, Jay? What
2: do you mean like addiction with porn? Yeah. It probably like when I first got introduced to it, like when I was super young, like like how old? 13, were you? 14 and me and my buddy had, like, magazines back in the days, and we just, like. Would you
1: hide the magazines? Yeah, Jack we
2: would hide each other it. We'd get a little stash going, <laughs> oh, like, hey, i put it over here. Go find it.
1: <laughs> would you hide it from your mom?
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you ever have magazines?
0: No, I would always go to Hastings, the well, local why bookstore. That's liked
1: going to Hastings so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
2: just. <laughs> when you guys are dating or
1: what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> he open the magazines and have a little beat.
1: He, we would go to Hastings or Barnes & Noble. He's like, let's just go check out the magazines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. then i go to the pier for a little bit um okay so most embarrassing things that have happened in high school to some of our soldiers let's hear them um a couple of them i haven't listened to yet so hopefully they're not too out of this world i don't know if we'll be able to listen to that brother that tesla bot? yeah i think it was
3: weird. Yo, Timbo, my motherfucking brother for my fucking mother. Yeah, so the craziest shit that happened to me in high school is definitely I got called up to do a presentation and I didn't have my phone on me that day, so I'm scrolling IG on my laptop and I get called up to do a presentation, so I hooked my computer up to the HDMI in the front of the room and i'm scrolling ig on some bad bitch this some bad bitch in my class i'm on her ig and then and then fucking oh my god dude it was bad it was bad it was bad so then so so the ig is up on the screen she's in the class cuz you know you're in high school bro your dick is hard constantly constantly so That's she was nice. looking good i was like damn let me let me check out her ig so it hooks up to the HDMI, and there's just a picture of this hoe on the screen, on the screen in front of the entire classroom. So I'm standing there hitting the, uh, okay, <laughs> uh, okay. And then I like went over, changed it, did the presentation, just walked out of class, just left the school completely at like 12. But yeah, dude, you should you should definitely, you know where to find me, bro. I'm trying to come to AZ to Kega with the boys. Come on now.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I would have probably owned up to it. It's hard to say in high school, so fucking insecure, but I would have said, I would have said something to her. Be like, yeah, I had to look you up. You're just fucking too cute. I had to find out.
1: In high school, you would have said that, though? Because that would have been embarrassing in high school, I feel like.
0: Yes, it would have. It would have. It would have. Okay, next.
4: What's up, Jogan? So the most embarrassing thing that happened to me in high school is I was on my high school wrestling team. And uh, we were wearing white singlets for this tournament we had. We just got brand-new singlets, white singlets. And, uh, you know, then my match, my third match that day, you know, no one went 2-0 for the day, was doing pretty good. And I uh, go to shoot a double leg on this kid. And I, uh, he tables up, and I go behind him. And right when he does, I happen to shit in my singlet. And, of course, we videoed all our matches. So all the other guys on my team noticed that I shit in my singlet and played it on slow-mo on the video for, like, the next month at every rest of the practice and showed everybody that day. And I had to forfeit that. Like, I did the match, ended up losing the match, and uh, that was it for the day and had to clean up, you know. And, uh, yeah, I never lived that down. So that's pretty embarrassing
0: yeah i think that happens a lot more than uh people think why because in high school they don't really teach you how to cut weight i'll go to t-bell get a beefy five layer a couple tacos go into the practice room and try to sweat out five six pounds and then the day of the meat sometimes you'll have to cut three four pounds and in high school that's a lot of weight three four pounds of water weight when you're not water loading it's like fucking kind of hard and then right after weigh-ins Chug, i remember just chugging a slim fast
4: <laughs>
0: and then just hitting a gogurt gogurt straight to the guzzler and then eating some cereal some uh, apple Applejack cereal and then your guts fucking rumbling and then you got to get on the mat and fucking scrap
1: but if you're not wearing white then people just don't notice or do you
2: stop or yeah what? and
0: maybe not, maybe it's not a big explosion like uh jay remember you sent me that one on twitter
2: yeah the guy it was like pretty recent that happened to a kid and it was
0: like a respect to the kid though because he could quit and just be yeah. like well i don't know what's better though or just tough it out and shit yourself and just be like
1: no i think you should quit
0: oh just God. walk off the mat
1: yeah
2: but i would be
0: super embarrassed <laughs> i would too i mean i'd rather walk off the mat than see the explosion like you, you. yeah of
2: course
1: did it come out
0: it just yeah, it exploded. came out
2: just a little singlet shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> Okay, because
1: well, 'cause well, that is gonna get all over the other kid like you just yeah. have to get off the mat well, I
2: wonder if he realized like if he shit himself cuz you know, you're just grappling scrapping hard.
0: Oh, you know, Fucking know. <laughs> You know <laughs> for sure, you know, okay next year.
3: The most embarrassing thing to me that happened in high school was I was taking the dookie and I was walking back to class and I was like a teacher's assistant for this t- uh, PE coach and I was chill with the coach, and then he's like, "Hey, Isaac, you got some toilet paper up your ass." And then I look in the mirror, and there's fucking shit toilet paper hanging from the backside of my butt. And I walked all the way around campus with that shit for because like, I just walk around emptying the bathroom break, choose, say what up to people. So yeah,
0: that's, what- that's not too bad.
1: That's pretty bad.
0: That's not too bad. I mean, I uh, in high school, I our junior year the powder puff game where the the football players are the coaches of all the girls all the girls in the junior class and then they all were at the park and practice is done so my buddy Ty says Tim give him a little speech I'm like okay no problem they all kneel in front of me probably 20 to 30 girls all the cutest girls too and my buddy Ty comes into pants me straight to my ankles <laughs> and my little red horse is hanging out and I just fucking crumpled to the ground <laughs> and I think that was. Before the time where I really learned to kind of buzz the bush,
1: so you were full bush,
0: full bush, <laughs> and I—why was I shaved? I—I've I, never had fume run through my brain, <laughs> laying there with my ankles, and all the girls screaming, <laughs> and they just all saw saw my fucking little chancho.
1: <laughs> they probably just saw the bush. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. Did you want to kill Ty?
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Did you ever get him back?
0: no uh yeah the other embarrassing time I've talked about on a podcast before is just getting caught in that fucking lawyer's basement um with this girl I was down there I was wanting to smash didn't end up smashing she's like hey I'm not you're not I'm no one's supposed to be here so if anyone comes we're downstairs and there's a uh there's the stairs to the exit and if anyone comes home then just go out the window there's a window in that back room I'm okay oh no problem and then 10 o'clock rolls around I said maybe I should go and she said no I'll just stay so I stay and then about 20 minutes later the guy rolls in his family rolls in you can tell they've been drunk partying and she's like go 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 and then I go look at the the window to escape and it's about this big with a plastic cover over it I'm like oh fuck. I could just rip through that and maybe fit but maybe not so she already left she's like see you guys okay thanks and the, the, I heard the guys like what why she left really quick that was really weird And then I just went and looked in his closet. I'm like, I could hide in there. Or I went and hid in the bathroom with the bathtub and the curtain closed. And I sat in there. I don't know how long it was because I was a little buzzed up. I don't know how long it was. But then later in the night, he starts walking down the stairs, comes into the bathroom, starts pissing right next to me. I'm in this guy's hot tub and I don't know how long I've been in there, maybe an hour. And then he rips open the curtain and I'm sitting there and he goes, ah, he like screams at the top of his lungs. He's naked, taking a, taking a whiz. And he runs out of the room, says, honey, there's a man in our house. And I jump up and I apologize. And I was, uh, my plan was to just sit in that hot tub or sit in that bathtub until late at night and then just book it out the front door. Um, But supposedly he has, he had alarms and stuff and he has a gun by his bed. So I could have been dead that night. It worked out the best way possible. But then everyone found out about it. The football coaches, everyone found out about it. And they were just laughing about it. I'm like, that, that could have ended bad.
1: Yeah, really bad. Did you have a phone then?
0: I did have a little flip phone at So that you time. didn't
1: like text her and be like, I can't fit out that window.
0: I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Yeah, I should I have done that. I,
1: I would have sh- texted her and be like, I can't fit out the window. Like, you have to come like tell
4: them oh, I'm in this God. house.
0: Holy hell. Okay, here we go. This might have been... I don't know what this one is.
4: Hey, Tim. I was hoping you'd recognize my voice
0: from back in the
4: day. It, this is Sona. We so used to no. go to Jehovah's group together and I saw the question was have you ever been caught beating your meat? And I just wanted to let the world finally know that when i caught you
0: back in the day we did a lot more than eating meat so no save it bud <laughs> save it for the next one yeah so what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you in high school Jax?
2: dude i can't remember outside of like i was over in high school i was over at this girl's house and like her stepmom like walked in on us messing around and were was you finger like, blasting her I we were doing. I don't know if we were just like about to have sex on the bed, and she like walked in.
0: And were you in the nude?
2: I may have had my shirt off. I don't think I was like butt naked, but like she saw us. Like she little knew saggy we were boxers, talking. little boner. And she, she ended up telling like the stepmom. Ended up telling like okay. obviously her dad. But her dad was like, it was like so weird. Like he was just talking to me. He's like, he's asking me like while wow, this stuff. Like oh, I know you guys are fucking blah blah blah. Like, I don't know. That was probably embarrassing. Just getting caught like almost yeah. fucking. I guess.
1: Well, and then the dad talking to you yeah, <laughs> makes yeah. it work Yeah, oh,
0: no. <laughs> like do you fuck her good and stuff, or like, some yeah. weird shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. I mean, high school. Well
2: you, it, Mara? Yeah. Well,
1: I don't know. I'm trying to think of something.
2: Give us some. Nothing juice. where you were just
0: embarrassed, like fuck me. You just farted over. in class. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'm really trying to think.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, nothing.
1: But I feel like in high school, it's easy to get embarrassed because like any small thing like feels like your world's ending. Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's fucking all over.
1: Yeah, you do because you just know that world, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, what else we got here on agenda? What do you got for going on the rest of the day, Jay?
2: Just editing. Probably training later. Just chilling.
0: I might need you boys to fucking you and Johnny to help cover tonight.
2: Okay. I just don't want to spread your
0: uh, my germs. <laughs> I wanna spread my fucking germs, dude. God, it's annoying. Uh is there any new MMA news out that we can think of here? MMA juice. I don't know. I don't uh, know if there is or not. Oh
2: yeah, did you see that fake article, Sean? I wonder why people always do that,
0: huh? Like clickbait shit. It's crazy, uh yeah that they're even allowed to do that there should be re- repercussions for just having an absolute lie blatant lie what did it say just said Sean's fighting Aljo May 4th or May 6th uh we've been watching the kill Tony a lot that's a good show isn't it kill Tony uh, t- t- Tony Hinchcliffe is just such a good fucking host of that show it's crazy because it doesn't that show didn't really even pop off till a couple years ago like they were at around I mean it's still good but 50k 60k views and now they're up to like 500 to 600. In the last two years which is pretty cool but if you haven't checked it out check it out pick one with a lot of the views uh kill tony on youtube and have yourself a laugh
1: because it's a live podcast so you can listen to it also but watching it is way better and it's it's hilarious because it goes live i think every monday so last week was roseanne and that one super funny but if you go way back to you can see like how they've progressed through their podcast and like the set is better and um but he's like a really good host and i think he started at uh, what at the comedy store he was like hosting and then he started the show there and now he's been doing it for what 10 years or something mm-hmm. but it's really good it's hilarious
0: yeah it's definitely good uh did you get uh, a lot of people were saying that bo nickel need that jamie pickett guy in the nuts and he did knee him in the nuts mm-hmm. but that's not his job to stop it i would have done the same thing even if i if it was in the area and the refs like wasn't like stop. Then I would just like try to score off it. Come on, you're in a fight. You got to just try to win as quick, whatever you whenever you can. Um, yeah, I, th- I definitely think that's the referee's fault and not Bo Nichols.
2: Did you listen to the uh, the new Lex Friedman pod with the B team?
0: Uh, I started it a little it's bit. Pretty
2: good. Like he asked them their mindset about competing and like everybody had a different mindset
0: what was it well what, like what nikki out? rod was like oh, i like
2: to visualize i get ready I, I do a lot of visualization obviously train hard and i'm ready to go by the time you know it's time to compete and then nikki ryan he was just like he gets like super nervous and like super like anxious almost and like puts a lot of pressure on himself and he like i feel like he doesn't want to compete because he's thinking more of like the losing part and kind of hurting his name i guess mm-hmm. and then um uh craig jones was just like i don't care man i'm just going out there to have fun like they all have different mindsets and they're all like top tier
0: yeah it's pretty cool i mean especially for like because it seems like that nikki ryan's a super smart intelligent kid and Mm -hmm. sometimes that can hinder you in combat sports it's almost better to not even think about all the things that could happen because you could drive yourself crazy there's just literally millions of things that could happen and you have no idea what's going to happen um, that's why maybe a sports psychologist could maybe help help Nikki Ryan because clearly in the training room he, He's so fucking good yeah. and everyone says he's so good. But then when it comes competition time That anxiety can crumple you even if you're in the best shape of your life and you can't really control that anxiety You'll go out there and gas out.
2: Yeah, and even think about his older brother's the best grappler so he probably feels like Like, you know right the shirt. weight the weight of him, you know, yeah. like damn like I'm his little brother I'm supposed to be just as good as him or
0: better and, I think and, that- and maybe he is. He's just not as strong.
2: Yeah, mentally. I mean, I mean, or or physically. Yeah, it's true because he's still young, super young. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he has to think about just being himself and not comparing himself to his brother all the time.
0: I wish. I wish. What I wonder what the juice was that they broke. Yeah, around. I know. Like he 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 talked about it a little bit, but he's like, it's
2: not my my place to talk about. Like I
0: wonder if it was Gordon's girl fucking one of them or something. And because and, they're like it was drawn outside and then it came into the practice room. Yeah. I wonder like, I even
2: think of that. Well, Craig Jones was just saying how like, you know, everybody looks at John Danaher like he he's so aware of how he's being presented to like everybody. Mm-hmm. But he's like, there's another side of him you guys don't see. Yeah. So he could be a fucking dickhead for all we know. I don't
0: know. Yeah, that's what I, I oh, wonder. That's what you. That's what you said. Yeah, Luka, that, that's what uh, at least Craig.
2: Heard. Craig said that. Like, yo, there's a whole another side of John Danner you guys haven't yeah.
0: seen. I think, dude. I think most most coaches are like that. They have this certain image image in front of everyone, yeah. in front of everyone else, and then they have to kind of act that image. Uh, yeah. And then when there's people normal are fucking people, well, then people yeah.
1: are surprised when they're not that way yeah because everybody's just normal
2: but yeah i I do wonder what's like the juice huh yeah to split Mm -hmm. but i always think too it's like dude they're all like black they're all like high level i would think at a certain point they all want to build their own name they all want their own money they all want their own little thing you know yeah for sure
1: and i think going back to competing like i think that's almost in anything that you compete like you see people that just kind of like not ding dongs but they just don't overthink it and they're like really successful and you're like how is that possible and then you have someone who's like overthinking every little thing and they're hindering themselves yeah like in anything
0: yeah i mean there's those kids too that just like are not in shape you know they aren't but they'll just keep going and going just have that crazy tardio
1: (laughs) because like what's your guys's process when you go to compete like what do you feel usually best? every
0: time I've competed I've, I've felt so prepared every fight I've been into I was standing in the cage thinking I'm gonna win I'm gonna win I'm just so prepared and that's why it's hard too because I know how I want to prepare for tournament stuff so you almost have to train and over train just to be confident on that day um but other than that I think you do it so many times you just learn to just follow your breath again you just follow your breath follow your breath as soon as the bell rings or the or the guy says go it's what you do every day so it all comes together the fight is the day of and and the week of that's the that's the fucking hardest part to get through especially especially in a fist fight especially in a fist fight where you know where you know what can happen you you know what can happen like bad things can happen and this could be a bad night it's just so you start playing these games in your head it's a whole fucking big thing bad with fighting
1: so like what's like the best piece of advice that you've been told like by one of your coaches that has helped you
0: through that you got to just learn to have no emotions you got to learn to have no emotions when you're competing especially at a high level and that's going to just be practiced practice practice having no emotions and being present in the training room and practice and having no emotions just competing more and more and more and just getting used to it
1: yeah what helps you jay
0: I still get pretty nervous, honestly. I still get pretty
2: anxious. I feel like that's when I'm most anxious, when I'm competing. But I feel like I've always been like that. I don't know why, like even since I was younger, like reading a paper in front of the class, yeah. I just feel like everybody's looking at me. Or if I fuck up? That's like always going through my head. But I feel like the past like couple, like the last one, which was like a while ago, but I felt more comfortable. Um, and What'd I, you do differently? I don't know. I think it was just like, dude, I've been... It's always at the same fucking... Uh, places where it's like i started to kind of be a little bit more comfortable like okay it's always at the same fucking gym so i've seen some of the same faces that i've seen since white belt competing and it's like yeah yeah and i think
0: you're starting to believe in your skills a little bit more yeah being more confident with it too yeah i think i I was
2: nervous even at purple belt when i got it's like fuck i felt like pressure at purple belt because it's like (laughs) an advanced belt you know Mm -hmm. so but now i don't know I i don't know if it was you that told me tim but it's like dude whatever happens like you know we're back at the gym, like win or lose. Like, yeah. I yeah, it takes know.
1: off some of that pressure because, like, it's easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself because yeah. you want to do good. Yeah. And so, like, if you can take some of that pressure off or see it from a different perspective, yeah. I think that always helps. And just like breathing, like, breathing is huge because you'll f- hold your breath when you get nervous, you know? Yeah. Like, when I was in high school, my mom was breathing in your nose, know, out your mouth, and like, just doing that would help. And I visualize a lot, I like to visualize. Yeah.
2: Because you did pretty good even from the jump, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that's just from competing so much like in high school and stuff. Yeah. And then like like the horse I had was phenomenal. So I won a lot. So that gave me a lot of confidence. Like yeah. I had so much confidence and I think that's huge. And then like with Tim coaching me in jujitsu, I think, like I would like not really believe in myself. And then he's like, yeah. just believe in it. Like you have it, you believe in it. And I'm like, okay, just believe in myself. Yeah. And I think that's huge too. Like the confidence and then just being able to control those nerves to where like breathing is huge. Like um, yeah, breathe in your nose, out your mouth. Visualize is huge for me. I like that a lot. And then um, just like feeling your feet on the mat or like if I'm on my horse, like wiggling your toes. Like just that, mm-hmm. those sort of little things that keep you your body movement and in that present moment and breathing i think that's huge i
2: think i still i still am like working on that aspect and i still want to like kind of i don't know if master is the right word but just get even more comfortable competing because i think as being a coach too like i don't want to be you know black belt one day and i can't even like relate to my students i'm like yeah those
0: jitters are like that mindset you know yeah And, and, and i think it's just good to just if you're healthy enough just challenge yourself and do a tournament win or lose like win or lose, it always makes you level up. Mm-hmm. And not just from the tournament, it makes you level up. I mean, just getting prepared. You go into you go into practice four weeks, five weeks before, and you have a little bit more of an intention. Be like, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to push myself and keep pushing myself. And then you level up just training for those tournaments. So I think it's good.
1: Yeah, and just try not to think about, like there's a million things that can go wrong, doesn't matter, but you can't control most of it. So, like, just work on what you can control. You can control yourself.
0: Yeah. Mike Jackson says, It was already set up, but Jake would rather bring his gang and jump me from behind. Sean Stricken said, Why don't you guys just settle this like men? I'll buy the plane ticket, the fight we all want to see happen. This the Mike Jackson keeps calling uh, Jake Shields a Nazi. And Mike Jackson says, "I literally told your man to come to Houston. He bitched up and decided to be yellow-bellied coward and do some sneaky shit. Tell Jake to get that bitch out of him." Um, I gave him my terms, but sure, four people. Let's fucking go. I'm so Sean Shugan says so excited. So I think to be fair, once we agree on a meeting place, it should just be me, Shields, you, and you bring one other person. Total of four. Let's just be men about this. I'll call him right now and see if he's down. And Mike Jackson says, "I'll." uh I gave him my terms. He says, "I already set it up. The terms of the fight. He bitched up. If you want to get him here, by all means, I'm down." Mike Jackson is the—he's got to be the biggest fucking turd, besides Dylan Dennis in MMA. He's got to be. He's such a fucking puss. And the fact that even Sean Stricken and Jake Shields are even talking about him at all—it's like almost embarrassing. But I don't know what why like he's the most racist motherfucker on, on on twitter and he calls all those people it and he's a huge puss. jake shields and him jake shields ran into him at the UFC PI, and what does he expect he's expecting oh it's just cordial now because his real life jake shields smacked slammed him on the ground mounted him and started smacking him in his face and he's like you're really gonna all you guys are gonna stand around and watch him beat me at and beat my ass and he's just fucking pussed out
1: well shouldn't he be able to defend himself
0: he can't defend himself he's worthless
1: well if he's at the ufcpi is he a fighter
0: he he fought in the he got uh fight in the ufc for like s- to fight cm punk and i think he's he's oh and three in the ufc i think his pro record's one and three
1: well that should be allowed to happen if you can't talk shit and then when you see each other in real life you, sh- you what do you be, expect
0: you gotta be ready just yeah. like what about if a woman smacks a guy what should she expect
1: <laughs> well you just can't meet a girl back.
0: And can you hit a guy? Well, yeah. <laughs> equal rights or no? <laughs> yeah,
2: is it equal She's rights or not?
1: Might be probably smaller. <laughs> Guys are stronger.
2: Yeah, they are.
1: He could stop her, but he can't hit her back.
2: Mm-hmm. Just push her.
1: <laughs> Just shove her to the ground.
2: Hip toss her. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how some fighters are like, that's kind of their role to kind of be like a stepping stone for other fighters, don't you think? Yeah. I always think of that yeah. like the people that, or on losing streaks are they're very like what do they call them 50 50 fighters
0: yeah and i mean they call them journeymen just for other people to start building their name and building their highlights off those people but there's been a lot of those people that turned it around and they turned into huge stars themselves Mm -hmm. like a lot of people would call jorge mazdal a journeyman or nate diaz and they're just because of all their losses but they're way bigger stars than a lot of the biggest guys so
1: did you guys ever talk about that one the murdov Murders on here.
0: The and documentary.
1: That, did you watch that?
2: I watched a couple. It was pretty crazy. It was just insane. fucked. Insane. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was just fucked up. Um, what else we watched? And we started that one show, Love Is Blind. Is that what it? Perfect, no, Perfect match, match. match last night. Perfect match is an interesting show.
1: Well, it's funny because they took like all of um, the different Netflix shows. They took oh, people think, off think, of there. Yeah. They took like from Love Is Blind or The Circle. Yeah.
2: And they well, kind of know of each other, like, oh, yeah you're from this show? Yeah.
1: Some of them had already hooked up. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and they're like, I slid into their DMs, so they're, like, all on the shows yeah. talking to each other, and they go to different parties and stuff. But we just started it, but it was pretty funny already.
2: I don't know, i just seen that movie, uh, Ethan Ethan Hawk in Black Phone. I don't know if you guys seen that movie. It's kind of trippy. It's like, he kidnaps kids, and that like, kills them, and then he kidnaps this one kid, but he ended up getting away. Uh, what was that on? Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime. This is scary. It's kind of like a suspense, a full movie. I would say, yeah. Was pretty trippy.
0: Yeah, I've been getting fucking bored at home. Just TikTok in it or what, G? <sighs> I still don't have TikTok. Still don't. I can't pull myself to, it. especially watching this uh, sixty minutes talking about TikTok and how how so invasive it is.
2: Like what? Like, like in it shape? has
0: everything. It it can get into your emails. It can get into your camera. It can get into your photos. It can get into whatever you're doing
1: giving it to all the Chinese
0: really mm-hmm.
1: do you have TikTok? tock yeah do you we put stuff on there?
2: on there right now it's not him your little clips
0: and shit yeah <laughs> Garrett yep 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 okay let's hit some James clear uh test and just for the day and then I'm gonna go home we're out Sh- Sean's gonna spar here he's gonna come in and we're gonna spar Bryce Meredith who's been on the pod before three-time NCAA finalists division one we're gonna spar three rounds and i'm gonna to go to a butcher shop and i'm gonna get a steak because i'm gonna to try to perfect cooking a fat nice steak um well done not well done he loves it well done <laughs> mariah loves it just so fucking <laughs> dry. Dry. that
1: is not true how good have the last few steaks i've made they've been good they've exactly been good.
0: when you need to learn quickly learn from others when you need to learn deeply learn from experience See that's another thing i think that can com- keep competing you you can't really feel the emotions of competing unless you do it so i think that's where it hinders some coaches i mean there's a lot of genius coaches that have never competed in anything but i think they would be even more geniuses if they would have competed
2: yeah i wonder how they are smart about fighting when they've never
0: fought well just being obsessed with with the martial arts and and, and maybe watching it and maybe done a little martial arts yourself a little karate Yeah, whatever it is.
2: I feel like it would be hard for me to take advice from, like, dude, you never.
0: Well, it's hard to take advice from someone like that when they almost talk down to you. When they talk down to you, like, they. Know better. They know better, and it's like, you've never been in a fight.
2: And it depends where you're at, right? It's like, I'm coming in, like, I guess as a wipeout or something, or super, like, just looking for someone to show me the way, I guess. Yeah. But then once you grow into your own man. And it's like, well, what the fuck have you done?
0: Yeah, yeah, but also be thankful for what they've taught you. Yeah, and and there's being a leader in that way, a head coach. You can be a facilitator, and if you're a good facilitator, that means you can bring in very experienced people. Yeah, and help teach all your soldiers. True. So that's a, a another way for me. But when you need to learn quickly, learn from others. When you need to learn deeply, learn from experience. That's good.
1: Well, and you always hear like. People will tell you something and then be like, oh, I had to learn the hard way. I had to learn for myself, you know? Because yeah. like they'll tell you, but you didn't really get it until you went through it yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. If two people have the same goal, you know nothing about the similarity of their results. But if two people have the same daily habits, you can infer quite a bit about the similarity of their results. Your results are largely a byproduct of your habits. That is true. A uh, paradox of life is that the greatest returns come, come in the long term. But the opportunity cost of moving slowly is huge long-term thinking is now not slow acting act fast on things that compound never let a day pass without doing something that will benefit you in a decade it's pretty good um quotes from others this is author julia cameron on how to find time to write i'll skip that one frank Slutman, ceo of snowflake computing explains three factors that lead to high performance to a high performance culture our companies ran at a higher velocity with higher standards and a narrow focus than most going faster maintaining higher standards and with narrow aperture sounds simple the question is how you go about amping up your organization how much faster do you run how much higher are your standards how hard are you how hard do you focus it is a performance triad because they amplify each other compound effect is breathtaking how slow substandard and unfocused many companies out there get through the day and think nothing of it the lack of energy is palatable there's a performance upside everywhere as a leader your opportunity is to reset in each of these dimensions you do it in every single conversation meeting encounter you look for exploit every single opportunity to step up the pace expect a higher quality outcome and narrow the plane of attack then you relentlessly follow up and prosecute yeah so that was more for business owners um I I was reading this this book it's called ignore everybody and it it, this one sentence it said part of being creative is learning how to protect your freedom and that includes freedom from avarice a-v-a-r-i-c-e that's good because you start making a little bit money." and you realize all the things you can do and then you just get hungry on making money you want to fucking make money and you want to make everything bigger but then with everything bigger comes more responsibility and then there goes your freedom avarice means an immoderate desire for wealth and cupidity greed or is an uncontrolled longing for increase in the acquisition or use of material gain or social value such as status or power greed has been identified as undesirable throughout known human history because it creates of about keep going on so that's good that's a good little reminder because you start making money and you're like damn I want to make a lot of money and I want to make a lot of money so I can support my parents support my family but it's like with sometimes with making a lot of money comes giving away your freedom I don't want to do that all right well glad I got to come in hopefully this fucking shit on my face heals God it's annoying and then this weekend we'll probably just chill out watch the Peter yawn fight and then that's it so uh if you enjoyed the pod like and subscribe click that like button especially on the TV you can go just scroll up on your remote and click that like button it helps out um have a good week everyone see you next week love you bye bye